the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 611, and I'm here once again not only to help you have the best vacation experience when you go to the Disney parks, but I want to bring you some of that Disney magic wherever you are with not only the podcast, but live video broadcasts and chat every Wednesday night on Facebook, blog, books, audio tours, and more. Whether it's your first time visiting or you've been hundreds of times, if you're planning a vacation or just love the history, details, secrets, and stories, there's something in the show for you because each week I'm going to take you from the parks to the screens and everything in between. And if you're a new listener, thank you and welcome. Please go back and check out some or all the past episodes for interviews, top tens, reviews, and more. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and find everything else at www.radio.com. So I'm going to introduce a new segment this week, The Resort Report, and begin with our first, and one of my favorites, Disney's Riviera Resort. I'll explain what the new segment entails, including the additional complimentary content beyond the show. We'll then look at our 10 reasons to stay at Disney's Riviera Resort, including guides, guidance, helpful hints, reviews, and opinions. I'll then invite you to share your thoughts, comments, and suggestions as well. Then I'll have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll post a new challenge for a chance to win an all-new Disney prize package, including my brand-new Disney Interviews book, Volume 1. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for more information, updates, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Disney, I am always trying to improve and innovate and enhance your experience, not just when you go to Disney, but really your experience here with the show. And that's why this week I am so excited to introduce a new segment on the show. And obviously I have covered vacation planning and resorts on the show before, often enjoying sharing things you didn't know, secrets and history and and fun facts. And I also like being able to share some of my personal favorites on the podcast, um, as well as live video and on social. But I also wanted to take a bit of a deeper dive and help you, as I like to try and do with everything I do, learn more about the resorts and understand the ins and outs and pros and cons, some things you might not know, 
and really help you make an informed decision about where to stay and maybe even try a new resort on your next visit. And in thinking about doing this, I wanted to do not just another trip report or segment that walks and talks you through all of the basics sort of down the line. Instead, having stayed at and visited and dined at multiple times and really researched the resorts, uh, I wanted to share guides, guidance, and opinions to help you make that decision about where to stay and why. And so we're going to share 10-ish reasons why you should consider this and future resorts for your next Walt Disney World vacation. So I'm calling this segment The Resort Report, where we will literally and figuratively visit the Walt Disney World resorts, including maybe some of the neighboring resorts as well, and we'll share not only information and opinions here on the podcast, but these resort reports are going to go beyond the confines of the show itself. How? First, I'm of course going to post and answer your questions in our Facebook group at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. So after you hear each week's resort report, I'll pose some questions there. But if you have questions about specifics or even general questions about the resort, you can post and we'll answer them there. I'm also going to take you literally to the resort with complimentary content, including photo and video tours on social as I'm going to visit the resort we discuss on the show after it airs on the podcast. And I'm going to share those pictures and those videos and those questions with you on social, including and especially places like Instagram. I'm also going to do a live video broadcast and tour and chat with you with Q&A from the resort itself as part of the Wednesday WW Radio live show on Facebook. But wait, there's more. Because there's also going to have a deeper dive blog post on the WW Radio website with photos, more detailed information on the resort, rooms, dining, amenities, activities, and more. And you keep hearing me use the word and term we because I have never done a monologue show before yet. And more importantly, I want to bring in an expert on the Disney Resort. And dare I say, dare, dare, it's what she does. It's what she lives for to help wonderful guest folk like yourself, wonderful souls who are looking for someone to turn to, to help you have the most magical vacation experience possible and make your dreams come true, not at the expense of your voice. She is, of course, Becky Mankin from MEI and MouseFanTravel.com. I am so excited about this. Um, you just laid it out perfectly, what you had in your, your brain going, but I'm really excited about the fact that you came up with a really cool title for <laughs> the resort report. You never told me that part. You just said, hey, I've got this great idea and we can go through the resorts. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking, yeah, give us an excuse to stay at all these places that we need to talk about. And, you know, we've been talking about going back to Alani. Oh, gosh, I can't wait for the Alani research Zero. trip. <laughs> I've never been to um, uh, to a couple of the other resorts. Uh, 
and when Disneyland opens up again, we have another excuse to go back there. So when I when, think Jap- this... when Tokyo opens up again, oh geez, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We've got to hit all of them, every single hotel. So obviously, that's going to take weeks and weeks of of research to make sure we've got it down. Right? I am a giver, Becky Mankin, and you see when I say. <laughs> To trust me that sometimes the things that I put up on my whiteboard that I shield from your eyes every now and then there's um, there's a relatively no, we'll see I'm, if this is I'm a relatively learning. good idea or not. Time out. I am learning that the stuff on the whiteboard isn't that bad. It's the stuff that hits your brain like three seconds before you get a microphone in your hand to tell everybody about it. Those are the ones that I'm that terrify me most. <laughs> well, the <laughs> first resort that we are going to go to this week um, is one that I chose for a number of different reasons. One of which is the fact that it is the newest resort. It's one that I have personally stayed at and enjoy a lot for many reasons. There is a connection to Walt because Walt Disney loved the Riviera And I think so will you. And that's why our first resort and our resort report is going to be Disney's Riviera Resort. And this is a perfect choice because the Riviera Resort has actually moved its way to being, dare I say, one of my favorites. What? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I switched my um, my personal vacation to the Riviera Resort because I fell in love with this property. Uh, when it was first announced and we knew where it was going, it was kind of like, yeah, yeah, okay, another another <laughs> villa resort. Yeah, seriously. But then when the, the gates opened and we got to experience how, what they've imagined, um, it, it really is one of my favorite places on property right now. Well, and you know, it's really interesting. And I sort of had sort of double and triple check myself. This is the first brand new resort at Walt Disney World in eight, almost eight, about, a little about seven years. This opened in on December 16th of 2019. The last new resort at Walt Disney World was Art of Animation back in 2012. And yes, there's been expansions. You know, I think some people consider Grand Destino Tower at, at Coronado mm-hmm. its own resort, but it is. It's, it's really part of Coronado Springs. So this was, it was very exciting for a lot of reasons and and a quick aside to your point you called this you sort of referenced it in terms of it being a disney vacation club resort and and while it's the first new dvc resort since alani you don't reminder you do not have to be a disney vacation club member in order to stay there you don't have to use dvc points it's right. a resort like any other this is one of my biggest pet peeves. <laughs> Seriously. Yes, Becky, I've known you for it, a long time. <laughs> I know, and, I, and I'm going to just stand on my on my milk crate for five seconds. And we do not call them DVC properties. You call them villa resorts, which is why it is a villa resort, because they do offer villa accommodations. But the benefit is you can choose from either using your DVC points to pay for the resort or you can use cash uh, like you would anywhere else. So like you said, you do not have to be a DVC member to stay there. And this one in particular um, has some unique benefits to it that the other villa resorts don't, which also is a big draw for the for the property. 
Yeah, and I th- that's why I wanted to approach the resort report a little bit differently because I think it, it's it, it would we could very easily just sort of go through you know line by line. This is what check-in is like. This is what the rooms right. are like. But I think positioning this in terms of reasons to stay, and and we're obviously mm-hmm. going to touch on a lot of those. But some of our you know we're talking about why we like this resort so much. So we're going to tie in our personal opinions and how they match up with a, a lot of those things a lot of those things including the rooms Topolino's terrace get ready i'm coming for you in a big <laughs> big way uh, so we're going to be able to talk about the important high points but in the context of reasons that we think not only we that we like to stay but reasons we think you might like to stay and try this resort if you haven't been there before as well because mm-hmm. I think as as Disney fans, uh, when we vacation to to property, both at Disneyland and at, at Disney World, um, you tend to find the thing you like, and then you stay there. You stick mm-hmm. with it. So if you like Boardwalk, you go to Boardwalk, and every year you return to Boardwalk. Uh, I have a lot of clients that do that. They're like, you know, I'm going back to that same resort every time because you know they find a comfort zone and they like it. But this hopefully might encourage some people to stay somewhere else that they might never thought of before because they haven't had the the opportunity to learn a little bit more about the benefits and the amenities and the features and, yeah, the menu items for those of you who want to get right out of bed and go right to a, a restaurant, Mr. Mangello. I'm dancing. I think, I'm honestly, dancing on the other This is why I don't you, broadcast these live. <laughs> you probably – I should record. Why Why can't I videotape these things? Um, I, I have a feeling you also came up with this as a way to have to go and research uh, some of the restaurants um, and some of the room service options that are available at some of these resorts as well. well there is always a method to my madness. It's I very know. strategic. It's very intentional and – We'll get to we'll get to the rigatoni in a little bit, but <laughs> as always, I believe in ladies first, and I want to give you the opportunity to go first and give us and like like any top ten list I do, ten is a relative term, but give me one of your favorite or most compelling reasons you think people should look to and stay at Disney's Riviera Resort. And this one's tough because I have an entire list of many reasons. So this isn't lowest to highest or, or highest down. I'm just going to pick the very first one that comes to mind when I when I think of um, of the Riviera, which are the unique rooms that are available, along with the regular rooms that are available there too. So uh, you, like any of the villa resorts, you have a standard studio room that sleeps five guests. Uh, those usually come with a queen size bed and a pull down another queen size bed, which again, how they've uh, structured the space is so well used. The, the other bed is a pull down Murphy bed that comes down from the wall. And that way it frees up a lot of space in the, um, in the room itself, but you get the studios, you have the one bedroom that sleeps up to five, you have a two-bedroom that sleeps up to nine guests, and then you have the big, what they call the grand villas, which are three-bedroom villas that can sleep up to 12. But the unique room that I just adore about this resort is what they call the Tower Studios. And it does not uh, reside in any other resort on property, which 
I found brilliant on their part. I, I would you know, I would put yes yet at the end of that because I think okay. Yeah. Uh, well, very true. I think it's okay. <laughs> probably because they are very popular and they're hard to book because they're gone like that. Uh, they are smaller guest rooms. However, uh, they, they sleep two guests. There's not a bed that's on the floor. It's a the Murphy bed that comes down out of the wall. So when you're not using it, it folds back up into the wall and that gives you the living space that you, that you have to move around in. I think that it is so unique and so well used of, of space. The price point is a, a very good too, as opposed to some of the regular studios that you might see with a, a typical uh, villa resort. But you got all of the regular um, benefits in the room, like you'll find a microwave and a small refrigerator and a lot of drawers that are kind of cleverly um, hidden. So they're useful purpose space, but uh, they're not in your way, like, you know, that you're tripping over them in the room. So the use of space is just so well done. You also have, you know, coffee maker, the flat panel TV and a small refrigerator. So there's a lot of amenities in the room, but it's really well built and priced for a couple or a single that may not spend a lot of time in the room. And when you're in Disney, hopefully you're spending your time out and enjoying the the resorts and enjoying the parks and enjoying the uh, um, the attractions and not so much spending a lot of time in your room. And I think that room itself is built for that purpose. So I agree with everything that you said. Um, uh, about the rooms and a couple of things I want to highlight specifically about them. So one, the range of accommodation options, the mm-hmm. fact that you have a three bedroom villa that can comfortably hold 12 people. So if you have extended family, if you're two families, if you're with some friends, 12 people and I've, and I've been able to tour one of these villas, they're gorgeous. They are absolutely spectacular. That, that main room with the sort of open air kitchen right beside it and and amazing views is incredible but also being able to go down to those tower studios and the reason why i interrupted and said i think it's for now i think that we're going to see these studios probably extended to other resorts as they are built because they have this wonderful it's this wonderful sort of venn diagram of luxury and efficiency and Mm -hmm. utilization of space so while you do have all of the the requisite elements like you said the refrigerator and the microwave there's a ton of storage but you don't have that bed in the middle of the room it sort of tucks away and you have this almost huge lounge area and the bathroom is ginormous even in the tower suites (laughs) the tower studios the bathroom is ginormous. One thing that the tower studios have that every single room has are balconies. And I love the fact that they, that every room is a balcony room. I also love the decor and the theming. And it's, it's something that I'm going to talk right. more about at, as a resort as a whole. Because not only does do, do each of the rooms have this... European style and theming and you're really I think you really almost feel it in a small room like this but it has original artwork with classic Disney characters um I love 
the color scheme, this wonderful blend of muted blues and creams mm-hmm. and dark woods that are both elegant yet comfortably casual. That sort of was the 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 term that I kept on using when I had a chance to stay there. Um, so I think that no matter and look, as somebody who travels frequently by myself, those tower studio rooms, I see why they go so fast because not only are they efficient and a, a great price point, but they're incredibly attractive because that's all you really need. Mm-hmm. And you kind of hit that elegance piece. For me, when I was touring the rooms themselves and when I stayed there, I keep thinking modern elegance. It, it really is um such a refreshing design element to it with that European slash Mediterranean flair and that the color palette is amazing because not having those dark woods and those, those dark colors of the past of a lot of the other resorts, it opens it up and it makes it feel so much lighter and airier than, uh, than, than you see in some of the other rooms, but uh, sorry, the other resorts, but I really love the design aesthetic and, it's kind of the same thing that you do see in a Grand Destino. I kind of felt the same way when I was in there. Um, it's kind of like the the direction that they're going with the design. But when they were f- they were creating the story around the Riviera Resort and, again, bringing in that European slash Mediterranean type feel to it, you really do get a, a good feel when you're in the room. You feel comfortable. You don't feel cramped. Um, and you it does feel elegant. I mean, even, you know, I was just thinking to the kitchen areas um, with mm-hmm. the stainless steel appliances and right. you've got the washer and dryer. I don't know what those magic boxes actually do. I just know that clothes somehow <laughs> come out clean. But even the, um, the the fixtures in the bathroom and the, the bubble jet tub and the the huge expansive glass door showers, it it has a very high end feel to it because it is. But and I keep on talking about I keep using the word comfortable because sometimes you I think people feel that you compromise one for the other. Elegance does not necessarily equate to comfort. It's sort of uptight and and foofy is the technical term. But I felt very, (laughs) very comfortable, uh, which is the room itself is one of the reasons why I really fell in love with Riviera. Yeah, me too. It's not what's outside, but what's inside. It's on the inside. (laughs) I've heard that somewhere. Well, you do mention uh, that the one bedrooms, two bedrooms, and three bedroom villas um, do have those washer and dryer elements, which are perfect when you're on a a vacation and you don't want to overpack and you can just throw your your laundry in, which is one of the huge benefits of that. Um, But yeah, okay. I'm a sucker for a bubble jetted tub. (laughs) I I will totally admit. I completely love my bubble jetted tub. So yes, I was very much drawn to to that uh, benefit in feature in the rooms. But uh, another thing that's so good about it is when you do have that one bedroom, two bedroom and three bedroom villas available to you, that also allows a multi-generational uh, family to travel together or a large family and still have their own privacy, but still have a common area that they can come and and uh, make meals. I mean, when you do have in, in the studios, uh, the smaller, you know, microwave and so forth, but in the one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom, you have a full kitchen. So if you're looking at the, the difference in price between moving up to one of those room types, you 
And if you don't mind, some people are like, I'm on vacation. I am not cooking a thing. Other people are thinking, well, we'll go out for maybe one meal a day and we'll cook in the rest of the time. So if you do that, you can save money on dining, which then you can put towards, uh, you know, going into one of these um, group types. And it actually makes a lot of financial sense if you look at it that way. And and for example, the the three bedroom villa that sleeps 12, like I walked in and I pictured that yeah. being mom, dad, the kids, grandma, bre- grandpa, some cousins. And to your point, like there's a full dining room there um, in addition to sort of like countertop dining area. So kids can be in one area. You can get in room service for breakfast or even for dinner if you want to just spend a day at the resort, which is, and that's one of the the points that we'll get to spoiler alert. There is so much to do here and the resort is so beautiful that there's reasons to not go to necessarily a park day. And if you do want to sort Mm -hmm. of take things a little chill, have breakfast or dinner in your resort, you can do that as well. Yeah, exactly. I, I, like you, I was really, really drawn to these rooms. And one of the reasons why I Because I tend to, unfortunately, when I travel, I do have to work for my room a lot. And I do have to um, spend a lot more time in my room than I would like to. But I felt very comfortable. It had everything I needed. Um, It was just a really pleasant stay and one that I wanted to share with my husband. So that became the we need to stay here for our vacation because I really want him to to have this experience as well. I think overall from the rooms, it has something for everybody from couples to families to multi-generational. And you, you can pretty much play with the budget with it. So I, I really do think this is a great choice. Yeah. And even just, you know, and, and as Disney has been continually updating and renovating the rooms, like they're super clean. When I say clean, I mean clean lines and, and again, the, the the color scheme and the layout and the design. I had a chance to stay in one of the one bedrooms and it was like a small apartment. Um, yeah. So it really had that feeling to me, too. I, I was in one of the one bedrooms the last time that I was there. And, and again, just to have that um, the privacy, you could still have people over for dinner if you wanted you could do your laundry you could um you could sit out of... on the balcony and have beautiful views i mean yeah. i had i was fortunate enough to have a you know a, a one of the pool views from my room you know sitting out there with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea in the morning or at the end of the day was really really nice yep and it, it's a quiet resort, uh, relatively speaking. So I did the same thing. I had my, um, the balcony open and I sat out there with a, a glass of wine one night and just listened to the sounds of the resort and enjoyed the view. It, it's a, a great way to relax. So while the rooms are one of the reasons to stay, I, I want to sort of piggyback off of that because for me, listen, a wise man once said, size matters not. Judge me by my size, will you? (laughs) Size does matter. And what I love about Riviera is its size, is the fact that, Mm. look, Mm -hmm. it only has 300 resort rooms in it. So there was an interesting, I think, design choice. So it's, it's very near to caribbean beach for example which is very very spread out this resort is very compact meaning at the end of the night when you're coming back schlepping your kids and your stroller and you got one sleeping on you and the diaper bag there's some resorts it's a pretty hefty walk from the lobby to the end there's no real 
far walks. I like the fact that it is a compact resort. And when I say compact, I mean it like this. The lobby, for example, I love the fact that it is small and intimate as opposed, and look, while I love places like Grandestina, which reminds me very much of Aulani, which has these sort of grand, sweeping, Las Vegas-style open um, areas. You know, you walk into Grand Floridian, there's sort of this, there's this moment, this reveal moment. I like the fact that it is smaller, it's compact. There's not a ton of places to sit, and I think that's very intentional because what it does is it keeps it very quiet and very sort of subdued in the libraries in the lobby i'm thinking about the the voyagers lounge but there are some there are plenty of smaller areas to sit at and chat or wait when you first get there so what i think some people might look at as a at a criticism of the resort i i see as a benefit, Port Orleans French Quarter is one of my favorite resorts on property, mm-hmm. not just for the food, but I like the fact, I like the size and the intimacy and the feel. And although Riviera might look like it's a big tower, it doesn't feel that way when you walk in. It feels like a European boutique hotels that you might find in and around the Riviera itself. And we'll talk more about the theming, but that's one of the things that I felt when I walked in, that I was not lost in this cavernous lobby, but instead I was sort of, you know, surrounded and and hugged by this small, compact, yet comfortable lobby area. That's a great point, um, thinking about how they built it building up rather than out and, and spread out. So you don't have as much on your feet time to get around. I, that really is a, a great benefit of this resort. And even so much as the um, the self-parking area, you you don't have to walk three miles or so it feels sometimes to, to go out to your car if you don't want to valet park. Um, that really is a benefit of how the layout is, uh, the footprint anyway, mm-hmm. of the resort. It's it's easy to navigate. It's easy to get to uh, the different restaurants. It's easy to get to the amenities. It's easy to, uh, to, to walk around without feeling like you've, you know, put in uh, a 10 miler <laughs> before you actually get back and forth from your car. Look, I, I love Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge, but at the end of the day, if your room is at the end of that chain, it feels like oh, a marathon yeah. on top <laughs> of your marathon. And again, having or, brought young kids back, you know, sometimes at the end of the day, it feels like a, a much longer walk. And there's, again, there's benefits to that too, but I do like the more intimate, cozy, mm-hmm. um, comfortable or, space. The- the one that always comes to mind for me is when you're staying at the beach club, but yet you're walking to the yacht club because it feels like you've gone that far because your room is the last one in the hallway. <laughs> so, yeah, I completely agree with you there. Okay, so what's another of your reasons to stay at Riviera? I'm going to go with one of the more obvious ones and get that out of the way because this is the, one of the first things I bring up when I talk about this resort to, to clients is location, location, location Preach. to the Skyliner. I I think the the Skyliner is the thing that really makes this jewel sparkle. Um, having that transportation 
option literally at your doorstep where you hop into the elevator, go down to the first floor, you walk a little ways around the corner, and there is the entrance to the Skyliner, which is your gateway to getting you to at least two of the parks, um, or three of the park, two of the parks, sorry. It really is one of the best things that they have done on property is including the Skyliner. Having it adjacent to this resort was such a brilliant idea. And of course, it does offer some ability uh, for people to walk over from the Caribbean beach to the, because they do say, uh, share the same station. I can't talk all of a sudden, um, but it is so convenient to walk from the Riviera to the Skyliner uh, station and so convenient to get back and forth to the parks and you just kind of fly for nine minutes and you're right there at the international gateway. I love that fact that you can easily get around. And of course you still do have the regular bus transportation you can use as well. But um, the Skyliner, I, at first when they came out with it, I was a little skeptical. I was thinking about, you know, being the little turtle that was frying in the, in the heat on <laughs> But it's turned out to be not an issue. Um, and I, I've really appreciated having that ability. So location was absolutely on my list as well, uh, not just for the Skyliner, but it is walkable from Caribbean Beach. It's a 10 minute mm -hmm. walk, if that, from Caribbean Beach. You're right. You're very, very close to Disney's Hollywood Studios and Epcot Center. And again, that single building condensed layout as opposed to something like, you know, Saratoga or Old Key West, where who knows where you might be in relation to the Skyliner station. You're very, very close. Uh, we'll talk about the walk to the Skyliner and some of the things you get to see there. But the fact that it's located in this Epcot Resort area, which I think makes perfect sense, again, in terms mm -hmm. of story and uh, theming, as well uh, as and being so close by Skyliner to Art of Animation, Pop Century, um, and and the resorts too. But I was also thinking, you know, I lo look, I I fell in love with the Skyliner as not just a conveyance, but really as an attraction. And I can tell you that I have ridden the Skyliner, not wanting necessarily to go to a park, but just riding it for the ride. The, the beautiful oh, yeah. vistas we've talked about in the past, you get a much different experience riding at sunset or riding in the morning and, and riding at night. But I also thought about, too, if you are a parent or a grandparent or a caregiver, the Skyliner, too, is also another huge benefit. Because when mm -hmm. you start thinking about bus service and we're thinking about like, we're talking about bus service in, in, in sort of the non-COVID world. Sometimes the the waits can be a little longer. Um, there are different factors that can play into how crowded they might be. As someone who has had to lug a stroller or two <laughs> and kids and diaper bag, the, the Skyliner is a bit of a game changer, right? Because yeah. it's this constant loading. So the the lines move very quickly. If you have a single stroller you can literally just wheel it right onto the skyliner if it's a double stroller i believe you have to collapse them especially if it's a if it's a side by side so your ease of access is much it's a much greater ease of access and your ride time is a lot shorter plus two if you have kids i think that they like we look at 
the Skyliner not as, oh, I got to get on the bus and go back. It's like, hey, kids, we're going to ride this. Like the Skyliner 2 is an attraction for kids as yeah, well. It really is. And I, I found that like on that last day, people are going, oh, my flight's not till two o'clock and I want something to do. It's been, hey, check out of your hotel, uh, store your bags, hop on the Skyliner and just take a ride around on the Skyliner and and entertain the kids for an hour before you have to leave. That actually has been really, really, really popular uh, to do, especially uh, when you can just kind of take it all in from flying high over uh, over everything. It's it's so much Especially fun. with the themed, you know, with, with the themed gondolas, too. Um, yeah. You know, and some people like ones like, oh, I want to ride in the Haunted Mansion one. I want to ride in the Monsters, Inc. one. I actually like riding in the ones that are not wrapped. So yep. you really get this sort of, unobst- not that you have an obstructed view, but you don't just have that slightly darkened view looking out the window, um, you know, in, in 360. And, and, you know, now the... Having a Skyliner all to yourself, and it happens quite often because, again, they move quickly, and it's such a serene, mm-hmm. wonderful, like, I I do. I love sort of just riding the Skyliner it's zen. alone. It's your it zen is. Moment. It's yeah. a very sort of quiet, <laughs> introspective, serenity now type moment. Yeah. And you were talking about families with small kids. Um, but the same kind of is is true for those with mobility issues because that's a big game changer for that as well. I love the way they have created this so that they can just pull one of the gondolas out, load it up, and then bring it right back into the track. So uh, you don't have people who are um, physically challenged having to wait for the right bus that could pick you up and, and going through all of um, those challenges as well. So having the Skyliner there right next to Riviera is just an, another one of those um, big benefits of staying on property. And the other one that you mentioned when I said location was being right there at Caribbean beach. It's a quick walk over there so that you can have drinks over there or food uh, visit those restaurants. So you kind of get a, a two resort in mm-hmm. one scenario there. Yep. So another reason I, I, I think you should stay and maybe something that we're going to start to see being rolled out to other resorts. This is not the first one to do it. Might not seem like it's important on its face, but I actually think it's more important than people might give it credit to. First impressions are everything. And I'm not talking about pulling up to the resort, what the exterior looks like, the portico share. I mean the check-in experience. Mm -hmm. And the check-in experience at Riviera is different than most of the other resorts, save for Grand Destino, where this process was rolled out initially. Because rather than going to a front desk and standing in line and waiting to sort of walk up to a cast member behind the desk, instead, you're greeted by a cast member when you walk when you walk in. They escort you to one of the seating areas, and they check you in via their tablet. Um, I experienced this both at Grandestino and I experienced it at um, Riviera. Again, I think it's something that's going to continue to happen, but it very much set the tone for me for the experience that I had. Like I felt like I was being welcomed in. It was incredibly personal. It was incredibly friendly. It was incredibly welcoming. And it did. It sort of set the tone for 
what was that, everything that was going to happen next in terms of how I was going to, you know, be introduced to where my room was, the entire check-in process. There was something very comfortable and comforting about it. And again, while it might not seem like it's all that important, you know, I think how you start and how you end your vacation are important. Look, it is important. Why do you think there are fireworks at the end or are right. will be fireworks at the end of the night, right? Why do you have that? Why is the reveal of the castle so important? Because it's that first thing you see in the morning. The fireworks bookend your night. This check-in experience is meant to do the same thing. It's meant to literally welcome you home and you get a very different feel there than you do queuing up at a, um, you know, a quote-unquote regular resort check-in. So I love, I love, love, love this type of experience. It was seamless every time I've done it, even when the resort was crowded and I was, I literally stayed on opening night. Um, and I love that, that, that sense of personal touch that it really gives. I'm going to get in so much trouble for saying this. <laughs> I totally don't. You're going to, you'll pick up on something. I just know it. It's coming. I can feel it in my brain, but the one thing I hate more than anything is when you walk into a, a hotel lobby and you see stanchions and you see stanchions and people and lines and waiting for that check-in experience. It just feels so heavy. Uh, it doesn't feel welcoming. This does. It, it You walk in, the cast members are there to help you. You've got someone there, there to greet you. You're not standing in a typical line up of double back stanchions. And it really does feel like uh, it's incredibly welcoming. And it's like you said, it sets the tone for what that experience is going to be. And they, you know, sometimes walk right out around the corner and are talking to you face to face. You you don't have a big desk between the two of you unless they have to go back and do something. It's um, it's just a a very light and comfortable and, uh, a welcoming experience that I really enjoy. And you're right. Look, physical barriers are psychological barriers. Yeah. You have that physical barrier between you and a cast member or you and somebody else by stanchions and ropes and whatever. It does. There, there is a psychological impact. And if you have not checked in to either Riviera or Grandestino, you might, it might, there might be a little bit of a disconnect. But once you check in this way, it's almost something that you look forward to and you'll be like, oh, I sort of miss not having this. And I, and I do expect as time goes on and maybe even hope. So, for example, as Polynesian is getting refurbished right now, I would almost imagine this to start being rolled out in other resorts as well. Which would be a great idea. Yeah. It, it definitely puts a huge positive spin on on that experience. And just a, one other quick aside, as long as we're talking yeah. about the check-in process, there are also now opportunities to check in without any contact at all because you can do it. And this is not just unique to Riviera, but as long as we're talking about, you know, you can check in on your phone using the My Disney Experience app without having to go through that process at all. So I have stayed at other resorts like uh, Pop Century where the entire check-in process takes place via the app. You are able to 
walk in, use your phone, tap it on your door and open up without having to go to the front desk at all. If you want to go pick up magic bands, if they weren't sent to you, you can do that. But if you want to bypass that experience altogether, like, hey, we just got here, we're going right to the parks. And then at the end of the night, I want to go right to my room. You don't even have to worry about that too. So from a, a technology and guest experience perspective, I, I do like that option as well. I do too. I, I've used that now two or three times uh, on the last two or three. As a matter of fact, the last time I was there was at Riviera and I used that check-in on the phone and just holding it up to the to the door, open it right up, didn't have to stop and, and do anything. So again, making it easy, making it seamless, making it um, so that you don't have to spend the time to take care of those routine uh, tasks before you can start enjoying your experience. Okay, so what is your next reason to stay at Riviera? You know, and you would think that I would go a completely different direction, but I'm going to leave this for you for the moment. <clears throat> but I'm going to say the whimsical touches. And by that, I mean the things that really kind of made me laugh out loud when I was walking around, uh, like the movie posters down on the first floor that are all in French, but they're movie posters from like Wreck-It Ralph and Finding Dory and Moana, which, by the way, in French is Viana. <laughs> <laughs> I like stood there and had Viana. I can't I can't do it. Um, or Inside Out, which is actually vice versa. Um, all of the posters that are are aligned that entire hallway between the staircase that leads up to the lobby and down to one of the quick service restaurants. Uh, I spent probably 30 or 45 minutes just walking through that hallway and looking at those posters. But not only that, they have so many cool art and artistic touches throughout the entire resort from the Tangled mural and the Peter Pan mural that are on uh, on the way to the, the Skyliner, the Tangled one, to the original, not the original, the um, the pictures and the artwork of all the characters that are in the hallways uh, throughout the resort, everything from um, Alice in Wonderland to trying to think of what other ones, I just remember the Alice in Wonderland ones, but there's a ton of different uh, character work. Uh, Belle, I think is in there. A lot of Tangled uh, is showing up in there, obviously. But the other thing too that I loved is on the lobby floor, there's that whole hallway with all the original pictures of mm -hmm. Walton Lillian. And again, just another place where you, you're talking about spending a little bit of time in the lobby or having a little moment to yourself or sitting over in a corner, you could just look through that hallway and, and just immerse yourself in the history of all of those pictures of Walton Lillian throughout time. Um, I think that you could pretty much spend at least a good half a day doing nothing but doing an art walk through the entire resort. So this was on my list and it'll actually let me tie in directly to one of the other reasons. Full confession and disclaimer. I do not fancy uh -oh. or consider myself to be an art expert or art enthusiast <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. If it's pretty, I like it. So that is the extent of my my art training and and you'll hear a lot of people talking about the artwork at Riviera and there's a there's a good reason for it because there's about 40 different 
original works of Disney-inspired art that were created specifically for this resort. And it's this wonderful blend of, you know, European masters and and Mediterranean-inspired art with a bit of a Disney touch. So you can see that it's sort of, you might not know the names of the French artists, but you can certainly sort of pull the inspiration from them. And what I have done, and I've seen other people do, is sort of almost tour the resorts and look at a lot of the different types of art, not just in the rooms, but in the hallways themselves. And mm-hmm. there's a wide spectrum of arts that you'll you'll see. So you'll see pencil sketches and watercolors and cubism and all these different types throughout. But here, so smart. The brilliant thing that Disney does is that you can go into La Boutique in the Riviera Lobby Resort and purchase all of these from the mm-hmm. Art of On Demand kiosk that's there. So not only can you find the art that is available exclusively at Riviera, but if you want other Disney artists, attraction posters, movie posters, villains, whatever, it's all there. So you can find art that is you know, found throughout the resort, but you can also purchase artwork exclusively from the Riviera while you're there. So you can order uh, paper prints or canvas prints. There's different types of frame options as well. Um, and then you just go to the, the register and, and check out there, and then they will work through the shipping process. It takes like two weeks or so to get it. But what I found was the art, especially here, not just on the walls, but in the halls is stuff that you would want to hang in your home, right? It's not necessarily ones that you might find at, at another resort that like, Oh, that's pretty. You're like, wow, I would love to have that too. And, and I applaud Disney for the foresight of not just creating this type of art and making it so attractive, but instead of Becky trying to pull it off the wall and hide it in her suitcase, <laughs> you can just go downstairs and order it yourself. And I would. <laughs> no, not not put it in my suitcase. I would go order it. <laughs> just to be clear, to be crystal clear. Uh, I, I was just really attracted to a lot of the art around the entire resort. And I found myself when I was walking from my room one night um, over to the uh, to the elevator so that I could go up to you know, the bar, because, you know, me, um, <laughs> I found myself just stopping. So I really wanted to take in all of the the pictures along the way. And even the the modern artwork that is in the lobbies of the elevator lobbies, I, I just was very drawn to it. But more so than that, those original pictures and the history were a huge draw to me. And just kind of, I don't know what it is. when you When you see Walt and you see Lillian and you see Um, their family and pictures of their family, it just kind of makes you take a deep breath in and, and kind of appreciate uh, where you are and and what he did um, over time. So just something I really love. I I don't want to jump ahead. So I'll ask you first, as long as we're Mm -hmm. talking about art, do you, are you, what were, are the murals something separate for you? Um, no, I actually stated uh, the murals. So if you want to just pick that up and run with it. Yeah, no, I just, you know, obviously (laughs) The murals that are near the Skyliner station are not just attractive, but they are attractors. Uh, Chances are, if you are on Instagram, you have gone to the Riviera just to take a picture (laughs) of 
these murals, which were they were very intentional from the very beginning. I remember talking to the the art director there, and the art director was like, "Look, the the theme of this resort." really is about flight and about travel. And you go through that open air tunnel to the skyliner. You've got that the the lanterns and the castle from Tangled. And of course I have a personal affinity for the Peter Pan mural um and Big Ben and the Golden Galleon flying over to Neverland. But they are spectacular. They are absolutely spectacular. Talk about literal and figurative works of art. That that's exactly what they are. Unfortunately, you cannot take them home other than um, <laughs> in pictures. But um, they're great for the Instagram. And, and again, picking back on what you said, another one of the reasons why, and and it might seem silly and it might seem sentimental and nostalgic, but I think one of the reasons why I like this resort um, is specifically because of the ties to Walt Disney. And, uh, you know, I love Walt Disney, not just the corporate entity, but I love Walt Disney, the man and the family. And, and you know, even way back when, when I used to give presentations at conferences and things like that, I, I've done <laughs> ones, you know, a, about Walt and, and, and life lessons that we can learn from Walt Disney and his appreciation of, of you know, the most important thing to Walt was his family. And you see photos of Walt and his family in this resort that really was inspired by the travels that Walt and his family took throughout the Mediterranean, specifically to places like the Mediterranean coast and the Riviera and France and Italy. So coming here and staying here is sort of like going on travels with Walt Disney and the, the, and there's a place specifically that I'll talk about that I love here that touches on that. But throughout the resort, you can find photos of Walt and Lillian and his family on these vacations that Walt always ensured that he took. However busy Walt might have been, he drove his daughters to school. He made time for his family and enjoyed the time with his family. You know, look, not to be preachy, but, you know, we work so hard so that we can do things and we can make money and, you know, whatever. and sometimes we're so busy, you know, building a business that we forgot, to, we forget to enjoy our life. And the reason why we do it, well, Walt <laughs> never did that. Um, and I always, you know, I always took and I still take personal inspiration from that as busy as Walt was, he always made time for his family. And you really see that um, reflected here in the personal photos uh, and some of the other pieces of memorabilia that you can find throughout the resort too. Yeah. I'm you're going back to the, uh, to those murals. I have seen more people with selfies, with the murals and those things posted. I think I saw them, uh, the, the postings, before I ever got to see it in person. So I was like, I know it's here somewhere. I have to go and search for where these are. The The Tangled theme was is my favorite. I know that you really like the Peter Pan one, but um, it, it took me just you know five seconds to recognize it and to just stand there and fall in love with it. So again, everything those little whimsical touches that mm-hmm. takes you back to the story where everything at Disney is about story and to tie it into not only fictional story, but to tie it into the history really means a, a lot to me. And yep. that resort just screams story to me. So what's another reason on your list? 
Oh boy. I'm getting down to like, there's, there's one, but it's actually three. I, so you, I know, obviously that's dining. So. Yeah. So <laughs> let's so say I, dining so, for last because I, I need to talk about the rigatoni at length. So. I, I, I can figure that out, but, but this is, a, it's not the rigatoni and I'm oh, sorry, no. but I have to it's go the here. Rigatoni. It's not the, it's, it has nothing to do with rigatoni. I believe, and I know I'm going to get emails and people will probably disagree with me, but please don't get disagree with me until you try it. I really think that Topolino's has the best character breakfast on property right oh, now. I thought you were going to say bar. Well, no, we'll go there when dinner happens. <laughs> <laughs> but but the character breakfasts are, are such a, a staple of a visit to Walt Disney World. And I, I know in a, a COVID world, it's it's been a little different. But um, Topolino's has still managed to stay up and running and going. And I was so impressed with the character dining experience here, uh, how fun it is and how uh, how unique the characters' costumes are. Uh, it's basically Mickey the artist and Mick, Minnie the poet, um, Donald the sculptor and Daisy the dancer. And they come out in full character of, of their, um, like Daisy dances for you. And I really just enjoyed that between that and the menu. Okay, I have a thing for quiche. I didn't realize that I had a thing for quiche <laughs> until I had quiche at this breakfast. And now it's one of those things where I know you always get on me for this because when I find something I like, I tend to order it again and again and again. But that's what it's like for this breakfast. But the it wasn't just the quiche. I completely love and adore yeah, the mimosas, I know, that too. But <laughs> I love and adore the bread. Mm -hmm. When you first sit down, there's like an artist's palette. It kind of reminded me of, of Disney Cruise Line, um, an animator's palette, where you sit down and you've got this little artist um, uh, container, but it's full of bread. You probably shouldn't eat the bread because it's going to completely fill you up before you get anything else. But the chocolate croissants and the regular croissants and the breads. I mean, ah, uh, that's a bread service. It is the Topolino bread mm -hmm. service. <laughs> it's breakfast bread service. It is. And I really believe though that, I, you know, I know that that people have um, affections for certain characters and certain types of, of character meals, but if nothing else, to be able to roll out of bed, jump in the shower, hop in an elevator, and be at your character breakfast to go and experience this very unique character dining experience. It's one of the main reasons that I would stay there. Yeah, I agree. I think the the breakfast a la art is one of the nicest dining experiences. And I won't even get into the space itself, but I love the fact that it's that prefix meal uh, I will tell you that the the hash that I had there was outstanding. The items are unique. There's also a, a full allergy friendly entree mm -hmm. uh, menu for adults and for kids. Uh, Becky, when I say allergy friendly, I don't mean the breakfast cocktails. I mean that's something <laughs> completely different. Um, well, I was so, going to talk about the elderflower infused ice cubes, which are freaking heavenly to go into the mimosas kids stay in school um 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, I think without going down the the dining rabbit hole that that we will breakfast at Topolino's is is I think a must do and and arguably one of the best character dining experiences on property. So you agree with me? We actually agree with each other on this. It, it, the fact that we're agreeing is so much is is starting to be. <laughs> Creepy on so many levels. Not it's to mention to be bothersome. Yeah, the sour cream waffle. You had? Okay. Did you have the sour cream waffle? I need to move off food because you're hungry. Aren't I'm gonna you? Stay, I'm always hungry. okay. All right, fine. So there, there we go. I, I character breakfast. Not so much the the food, fine, but the character meal itself. Definitely one of the reasons to stay there. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. Um, I'm going to. It's not necessarily dining related but it's close by and and this sort of ties in a little bit to dining but really going back to what i was talking earlier about waltz one of the things i love about this resort are the places and spaces meaning there are a number of different places and spaces that you can find a quiet balcony with two chairs outside you can find small benches, small couches, both inside and outside to just sort of sit quietly and, and get away. But I think one of my favorite spaces, and I don't normally spend a lot of time, like if I'm at the resort, I'll spend a lot of time mostly in my room doing work or whatever. But one of the spaces that I, I really, really liked for a lot of reasons is on the lobby level, and it's the Voyager's Lounge. And mm. this small, intimate space is again inspired by Walt Disney's travels in the Riviera and it's reflected in the decor because you'll see books that were inspired by ones that Walt collected on his grand tour as he called it in 1935 through the European continent and this this space gives me a Disney society of an explorers and adventurers type of feel with the dark woods and the books and reproductions of items. These, these are not original, but they're reproductions of items from the Walt Disney archives that celebrated Walt's love of travel, Walt's love of travel with his family. So there's Vintage Plus, there's pictures of Walt Disney, there's a replica of his hat, but it's a great place to literally sit back relax, recharge, and take in a little bit of Walt history that uh, you'll find there. But it is, there are, um, there's sort of high top sort of library style tables. There's couches, there's chairs, there's board games in there if you want to play too. And there's intimate tables for two. And there's not a, a ton of seats. There's maybe 10, 15 seats in the room total. So it's very subdued. It's very quiet. There's actually a TV in there as well that normally just has the resort TV loop playing on it. But whether it be while you're checking in, if somebody wants to go and relax in here, if you want to go to La Petite Cafe next door, grab a little nosh, a little coffee, a little tea, you can sit in Voyager's Lounge. Um, it's a, it, you know, It's not a huge space. It's not... An attractor space, but for me, it was one of the, the more comfortable and attractive spaces in Riviera. It's a it's a little hidden gem. Yeah, <clears throat> to go in there. It it reminded me when I first saw it of the Adventures Club. Mm -hmm. it, it it had that like you said the SEA type 
type feel to it with the the library and so on. But I did really have that feeling of uh, the library at the Adventurers Club when I first walked in. I do like this the ability to just grab something over from the cafe that's right next door. So if it's coffee or yeah, you can get a brandy if you want, or you can get cocktails on the other side after five o'clock if you would so like to partake and then just turn the corner and, um, and have a seat in that little area. The, the big, huge board game table uh, that you can spread out and kind of enjoy a a game if you want to um, do that as well. Like you said, the, one of the things that I really enjoy, either if it's a, about a resort or even a ship, um, are these little spaces that mm-hmm. are kind of hidden gems that you just stumble upon that aren't typically a place on a map that you say, oh, my gosh, I've got to go there. But you just kind of pass by it and it draws you in. Um, that's what I feel this space does to you when you kind of recognize that it's there. You see the memorabilia, you see some of the things along the walls, and it draws you in, which I really appreciate spaces. Even like when that. you walk, look, even when, you, when the when the lobby <laughs> doors open and you're mm-hmm. greeted by again, not this cavernous, but this wonderful, um, simple sort of um, um, chandelier, but you're almost sort of welcomed in by not this this cavernous lobby but fresh flowers purples and i remember the last one was there was purples and blues and pinks which were just so wonderful and again very there's something to me very inviting about that space yeah and again if you turn the corner and you go to the cafe you can get a mediterranean margarita or an okay. apple spritz focus focus <laughs> gin spritz do you I know, have anything else myself. in turn before we get to the dining? Because obviously dining is is, yeah. is very much a reason. Is there anything else on your list in terms of a reason to stay? You know what? I, for me, the next one's up. Def, well, all right. This isn't quite dining, but it's close, which will lead you into dining. How about that? Because it's a bar. <laughs> I can't. I know. I can't help it. But it's the bar that's in Topolino's, but it's not so much the bar itself. It's the big terrace that's outdoors at the top of the tower where you get your beverage at the bar and you walk out onto the terrace and you have a seat and you have this beautiful view all around you of the, of the Caribbean beach resort in front of you. You can see some of the fireworks off in the distance Again, another space that you can just sit back and relax and have your cocktail, if you're me. Um, at night, I, I got back from the parks and uh, just went up, grabbed a, a drink at the bar, went up to the um, or outside on the terrace and had a seat and just kind of soaked in the view as the, um, as the fireworks were going off. So that is a... a way to cap off a night um, of a busy day in the parks with a cocktail in hand and a nice relaxing atmosphere before you go to bed. Parents, I apologize. Um, <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure I, a lot I of will... the parents are going to agree with me right now. <laughs> Listen, I understand. Sometimes you need a cocktail after a day in the parks. <laughs> but I actually did have the, I, I called out the views, okay. bar or no bar, I called out the views specifically as a reason because not just from Topolino's Terrace, but from 
depending on where your guest room is, remember every room has a balcony. And if you come back to the resort at night, you have views potentially of the nighttime spectaculars at Epcot and Magic Kingdom and Disney's Hollywood Studios. So if you have one of those Tower Studios room, they, they will face Epcot. If you are at Topolino's Terrace, you can see Epcot um, and views of Magic Kingdom as well as Hollywood Studios if you go sort of Depending again where you are, if you're on the terrace, you can see the Hollywood Studios nighttime spectaculars as well. But even notwithstanding the fireworks, one of my favorite photos that I've ever taken at Walt Disney World is from Topolino's Terrace at sunset. There's this amazing reflection of the sun over the water, the skyliner, and the building as the there's this wonderful set of, of orange and blue hues as the light from the pool and the light from the, the lagoon sort of rise up. It's go- The views are gorgeous. And the outside seating area there, especially as the, you know, in, in those two or three weeks that we get a fall and winter here in Florida are absolutely spectacular. <laughs> and at some point when things come around, there will be an, a small outdoor bar outside. So you can, Becky, you don't have to even move very far. Somebody can bring your drinks from the bar outside on the terrace itself. And that's the plan. (laughs) Now, the next time I go back, this is what I'm thinking about. I've got to go up there. I've got to grab a a beverage from the bar and go out and and look at those views. I hadn't seen that picture that you're talking about. You you might want to. I'm, I'm at somewhere. Lou Mangiello on Instagram. Yes, by the way. I do. Okay. So just very quickly, as because one of the things we didn't talk about, which was on my list, and then let's uh-huh. we'll, we'll touch on the dining without touch. making this a two-hour dining review. Uh-huh. I believe that the activities and amenities are also mm-hmm. attractors too. I think Riviera is a place that you, when you pay to stay there, you should stay there. It's not just a place to, to rest your head at night and take a shower, hopefully, in the morning before you go to the park. But there's a lot of different outdoor activities. Again, this is meant to feel like a Mediterranean resort. So when you go outside the, when you go down the lobby steps and go outside into that courtyard, there's lawn chess, there's connect four, there's there's snooker, there's a bocce court. God, I remember playing bocce with my parents as a kid. The main pool has this beautiful winding pool slide around this this gorgeous sort of European-style column. There's also the Beau Soleil pool, which is the quiet pool that has a nice little spa and a hot tub. And again, and part of the reason why I'm bringing this up is because this resort is very much geared towards adults that want to go and have a romantic weekend, as well as families that want to go and stay and play together. So the Sivu Play play area has this, as a lot of the resorts have or, or have added, these uh, water play areas for kids 48 inches and under. So I meet the height requirement, not the age requirement, <laughs> but there's this gorgeous European-inspired gazebo. There's Fantasia ca- uh, uh, characters there, and there's seating Areas So if the adults want to go and just relax in the shade, they can do that as well. So there's a lot of stuff to do at the resort itself, which I think, again, is is very much mm-hmm. one of the reasons to not just sleep there, but literally to stay there. Yeah. And if you're don't don't kill me for saying this, if you're a runner, too, they do have one of the uh, running trails throughout the the property, too. So there is something for everybody there. 
you don't have to go to a park. You can enjoy all the amenities and the things to do just in that immediate area. I think they've done a fantastic job of offering something for everybody. So the, the, the oh so very delicious elephant in the room and very much a reason to not just stay but to visit Riviera is going to be the dining. And there's no, not one, not no, two, not no. three, not four, but five <laughs> different, because I'm going to include something that's not necessarily a restaurant. There's five Ooh. different potential dining experiences. Becky, I'm just going to go through these very, very quickly, and then we can sort of touch on the high points. So Bar Riva is the resort's poolside bar, and they will actually serve, they actually serve a lot of the same dishes that you'll find at Primo Piatto, which is this wonderfully casual, semi-indoor, outdoor, um, I don't want to even call it quick service, like it's a quick table service (laughs) restaurant, um, which has a, a wide variety of sandwiches and salads and beers and wines and desserts. The lemon and blueberry pancakes, oive, are so good. The tuna nishwa salad is delicious. And there's also healthy options, which I usually try and avoid, like the plague. La Petite (laughs) Cafe is in the lobby. This we we've had a a breakfast slash lunch meeting there. Yes. It's a coffee and pastry shop in the morning. They bring out different pastries at noon and 4 p.m. And then at night. It transforms into a wine bar and they've got charcuterie and other sort of small savory bites as well. La Petite Cafe, as you know, is taken from what 1970 Disney's animated film? Yes, it's Uh. the Aristocats. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I said five because Vivoli Il Gelato actually has a cart out by the pool. Little bit of gelato, a lot of little put a pool. That's nice. Like a little bit of fresh gelato out by the pool. And then obviously Topolino's Terrace, uh, the flavors of the Riviera, is that rooftop restaurant with the attached terrace. terrace. It is only open for breakfast, as we mentioned, as well as Becky. I have eaten dinner there twice. I am not. Look, my last name ends in a vowel. I love me some (laughs) Italian food. I love me some pasta. This is not hyperbole when i say that <laughs> the pasta that i had there is without question some of the best pasta i have ever put in my big fat face it is so good first of all it's all house made the, the pasta is all house made there but it's this rigatoni with braised chicken sugo and dandelion greens and fresh shaved parmigiano reggiano cheese it is to die for. Yeah, I remember when I was going there for the very first time and I had a, a dinner meeting uh, and you were going to scurry off somewhere and you said, you have to have the chicken rigatoni. You like guilted me into having the chicken rigatoni. So the first time I You're did welcome. have. Yes. The first time I did have that. But the second time I had the filet mignon mm-hmm. with the truffled mashed potatoes and the onions and the forced mushroom puree. Dare I say, the best fillet on property? I was going to say it's 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 up there. When the conversation it's happens about there. the best steak on property, yeah, the Topolino fillet is up there. And I I will say that from a fillet scenario, I will say it probably is the best fillet on property. 
I went. And I with, love me some filet. Yeah, I went. <laughs> I took my son there for his birthday um, over the summer, and I watched my and my kids are are not picky eaters at all, but their eyes were wide open and their mouths were agape at just how good <laughs> every part of the meal is. And one of the, so the reasons why I love the restaurant and the dining experience is not just for the quality of the food, but like many Italian dinners, this is not a quick hit. It's not, you're not bouncing in and out of here no. very quickly. It is a long, it is a luxurious, multi-course dining, authentic dining experience. So to be clear, there's not, this is not like a, a place that you're going to go and there's 75 things on the menu. There's three different antipasts, there's four different starters, there are two pastas, and maybe six or so different seafood and meat options there, but it is meant to be savored and enjoyed, in Becky's case, paired with six or seven bottles of wine. Yes. But it is, and it and again, we keep using the word dining experience it very much qualifies as that because it's not about just feeding your face and getting out. Um, again, I think if you time it right, you go at sunset, there are floor to ceiling windows on, you know, basically both sides as well as the outdoor terrace. Uh, it is a, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous night. And it's also, it's a, it's a family friendly restaurant too. Um, oh yeah. You know, and, and the decor is beautiful. Yeah. The chandeliers throughout the restaurant, um, the place settings are really elegant. Uh, it, it, and it doesn't feel, you know, like some of the restaurants can tend to feel cramped and crowded. Uh, like you're, you can almost hear your neighbor's conversation because they're sitting so close to you that you, you just can't get away from it. This is comfortable. Um, things are spread out. You don't feel like you're necessarily sitting on somebody's lap next to you. Uh, but also, it's yes, it's an adult beverage experience as well, because they do have some really interesting mm -hmm. craft cocktails that are unique. Like my favorite is the French Rose. Um, that's my go to every time that I go there, which has a little bit of vodka and um, some rose liqueur with some raspberry and lemon and some soda water all mixed together. And it's a really light, wonderful signature cocktail that they have there. But they also um, lean heavily, obviously, on the, on the French flair. So you're going to find different spins, like um, a traditional Manhattan has a Euro Manhattan, which is a, a classic cocktail with a, a little bit of a twist there. The spritz, a lo lots of spritz. If you've ever been to France or, or Italy, you will run into the Alpenol splits, uh, spritz, if I could talk again. Um, it's a, a favorite go-to as well. So they have a really robust wine menu and cocktail menu and things that are a little bit different and a different experience if you're, you know, pulled to the adult beverage like like I tend to be. But with the choices um, that they have, like you said, it's it's not, <laughs> it's definitely not Cheesecake Factory where you walk in there and there's 72 pages on the menu. <laughs> um, but what they do, they do with perfection. So every single dish has a a, a different element of perfection to it. Everything from, like you said, the the antipasto with the the gnocchi is just 
amazing. And I almost overdid it on the gnocchi before I got into, uh, into the entrees. But I, I really believe that for a couple or for a family, especially from a, a couple perspective, if you were staying on property, you get back from the parks, you go and get ready for a wonderful dinner. You go up and have a cocktail out on the terrace. You go in and have your wonderful, romantic, amazing meal. You go back down to your room. You have a nightcap on your balcony, and then you fall asleep in a wonderful room just to get up and do it all over again, which hopefully you go to the character breakfast in the morning and you have the quiche. Um, It just all ties it so wonderfully together. And that's and look, I, I think that's sort of a great way to sort of punctuate this list of the reasons to stay because as you put them, each one individually is a reason, but when you put them all together, it's it's part of the reason why I wanted this one to be first because I do think that it ticks all of the important boxes in terms of design and decor. Is it a place for both adults to go if they want something you know, for a getaway, something romantic, but still enough of the Disney touches and and the sprinkle of whimsy that makes it welcoming for kids. The artwork, the dining, the amenities, the decor, the theming. I really, really, you know, for me, Becky, one, and then I second stay at Riviera, very quickly put this very, very high on my list. And the more that I go, the more that I find that I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going back. <laughs> Two of my next three stays I have booked at the Riviera. That says anything. So plan on a lot of character breakfast meetings. Um, Rigatoni is probably going to be <laughs> in the future. And now I'm starting to figure out why you really wanted to do this, because this is the unfair part to me. <laughs> is that you get to go and do the live stuff and show this all off. And I have to watch for you. I'm going for you, Becky Menken. I'm going for you, my friend, the listener, because I do look, it's one thing for us to talk about it, but I want you to see it, which is why the idea of the resort report is not just limited to this show, but obviously you're probably going to have questions when we're done. So I want you to come to our Facebook group at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. That is our very warm, also family-friendly group on Facebook. If you have any questions, I will be there. Becky will be there as well. This week, I will also, and I'll give you a heads up in the group. I'll let you know. On Wednesday, I'm going to go and share photos and videos on my Instagram, on my stories, and in the Facebook group from the resort. And then we'll do a live broadcast and tour and answer your questions. Becky will be there too. We will answer your questions from the resort as part of the Wednesday night WW Radio live show. And then Becky is going to put all this and more together and craft beautifully, as I might add. She will craft a a much more deeper dive (laughs) blog post that you can find on the all new, by the way, WW Radio website. Really excited about that. And I can also to cap it off with one thing, a tip for getting a deal is that these uh, rooms in this resort is so amazingly popular, as you can tell from everything that we've been talking about. They book fast. So don't wait. Don't wait for the the deal to come out. Book it now. Have it in place because if you had to cancel it later, you certainly can get, get your deposit back. But if a deal comes out later, 
we can apply the savings. You'll get a the lower rate, you can get the deal, and you will be able to have this wonderful experience at the lowest cost, but still make sure that you get the room in the resort that you want, which is so incredibly important. Um, if you're looking at those tower studios, the studios and the one bedrooms, they go fast, especially those tower studios. The two and three bedrooms, they're a little pricey. And sometimes you cannot get those um, deals to apply to two or three bedroom villas. Uh, those can tend to be up there in cost, but usually we start seeing rack rates starting at around $400 a night, but we can sometimes find it less when those deals roll out, when they do the 40% off or 30% off. So don't ever hesitate to book your trip, book the resort you want. We can apply the savings later. And I, I will plug for you, uh, when you say book the trip, I, I highly recommend, especially for something like this where there's so many different options and then sometimes you might not be able to, you might not know where and how to get the best value and bang for your dollar. Reach out to Mouse Fan Travel. Their team of agents will help you find those deals all at no cost to you and answer any questions that you might have as well. And then certainly I, we want to hear from you about your thoughts about Disney's Riviera Resorts, whether you have stayed there, whether you have visited, things that you have seen, if you have questions. Let us know what they are. What are some of the things that you like or even don't like uh, about the resort, whether it be theming, rooms, dining? Don't you hate on my rigatoni because <laughs> then we got problems. You're not going to change my mind. But rigatoni. I certainly want to know and we want to hear your thoughts and opinions about it as well. Again, come to the group at www.radio.com slash clubhouse or call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. And I will play your mini review on the show as well. Also, we'd love to hear where do you want us to go next? What other resort, whether it's one that you've stayed at or are thinking about stay at, what resort would you like us to cover next? Again, let me know in all those ways as well. Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Nobody. Nobody has more fun than we do. Thank you so much for being here and uh, bringing your opinion and expertise and cocktail culinary perspective. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. This is really exciting. I'm I'm so excited to hear the feedback from um, from the listeners about what they think about this and where to go next. And again, I really appreciate our partnership and can't wait to see where we go. You know what I need to do? What? I'm also going to need to do a live dining review of, of Topolino's Terrace. <laughs> Becky's going to do, do we're going to do, you know what we'll do? We'll do a top 10 cocktails on the, the Topolino's oh. menu and we'll just have them all in one. We're not going to record that because that will not. By, by the 10th one, that could be a yeah, disaster. Yeah, by the second one, that <laughs> it could be yeah. If you're going for the shots, yeah, that could be bad. But I, I could do a couple of French roses or three. Now I'm thinking about that view. Six. And I the know. Rigatoni. And Voyager's it's... Lounge. And just sitting out on your own private balcony with a little cup of, insert whatever you like here, tea, coffee, and Becky's, moonshine, whatever it is that you drink. Oh my gosh. That's a nice day. The mimosas, the mimosas in the morning, and then cap it off with sangria. And the beds are so comfortable. I know. The bed, the the, the the bed, and then the, the bubbly tub. Can I, I get the bubbly? I want to go back to the bubbly tub. Bubbly with the bubbly tub. I need to stop. 
It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or just see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see, hear, remember, or even taste. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week I took you over, we're really back to Disney's Hollywood slash Disney MGM Studios, and asked you to tell me what show previously occupied the space where Voyage of the Little Mermaid is currently performed. Now I want to start off by thanking and congratulating the hundreds of you who entered, got this one correct, and knew that the answer was, Here Come the Muppets. Now this was a live show that was performed at that theater, it premiered on May 25th, 1990, and closed on September 2nd, 1991. Now, unlike other Muppet shows, this featured live walk-around versions of the Muppets. If you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Again, this ran until early September 1991, before it was replaced by Voyage of the Little Mermaid. Now, there was still a love and a need for Muppets, so two weeks after this show closed, a second live Muppet show, Muppets on Location... Days of Swine and Roses opened in another section of the park. Now again, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing for not only all of my digital products, which includes my 102 Ways to Save Money for Not Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of Magic Kingdom where I take you with me in binaural three-dimensional audio and walk you through the entire park as it currently sits and through its history, secrets, details, and stories. I'm also going to send the winner a copy of my brand new Disney Interviews book, which you can find over at DisneyInterviews.com. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Kevin Parrish. So, Kevin, congratulations. I have your shipping address. I'll get your prize package out to right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So here in the States, Thanksgiving is right around the corner, just a couple of days away. And that means that right after, things really ramp up to get us into the Christmas and holiday spirit. But believe it or not, in some locations in Walt Disney World, Christmas isn't just a holiday that's celebrated seasonally, but it's actually celebrated all year round. So I want you to tell me this week, where in Walt Disney World is Christmas celebrated all year round? Now, I'll give you a little hint. I may have hinted in my question that there may be more than one location. It may be an attraction. Maybe there's not an attraction. That's up to you to figure out and decide where in Walt Disney World is Christmas celebrated all year round. You have until Sunday, November 29th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the online form there. Again, you're going to play for a copy of my new Disney Interviews book, my 102 Ways to Save Money for Not Walt Disney World book, and all seven of my virtual audio walking tours. So good luck, Merry Christmas, and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week in the spirit of Thanksgiving, which, as I say every year, I don't believe is something that needs to be celebrated just one day out of the year. I think we should be thankful and grateful every day, all the time, just as I am to and for you. 
I wouldn't be able to do what I do and share it with you were it not for you. So I not only want to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving, but I want to say thank you to you as well. Please don't let the end of this week's podcast be the end of our time together. Please come over and be part of the community and the conversation by go to www.radio.com slash clubhouse. That will take you to our group on Facebook. It is fun, family-friendly, free, and a great place not just to talk about this week's show, but anything in the Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars universe. Beyond that, please be sure and join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WW Radio Live. This Wednesday, I'll likely be live from the parks. Great way to kick off the Thanksgiving weekend. And please, let's connect on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. And be sure and like the WW Radio page at facebook.com slash Radio. Speaking of thanks, I want to give huge and special thanks to all of the new and longtime members of the WW Radio Nation family. I sincerely appreciate your love, support, help, and friendship. I want to thank some of the new and longtime members who've joined the hundreds of you who are part of the Nation family, including Michael Wilson, Charles Fastner, Joseph Herbert, Jack Asano, and Jen Gregory. If you want to find out how you can not only help the show, but get exclusive rewards every month, including scavenger hunts, trivia quests, logo gear, t-shirts, backpacks, live video group calls, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World as well, visit www.radio.com support. And while we still can't have monthly meetups, and yes, unfortunately, the news came out this week that our Marvel Day at Sea Cruise in January, I don't want to say it's canceled, it's postponed, to a future date, please stay tuned. Over the next couple of weeks, I am going to have some announcements of some upcoming events that we can do virtually and in person sooner rather than later. And while my Momentum weekend retreat and weekend workshop this year has been postponed until next year, if I can help you turn what you love into what you do, your passion into your profession, come to speak virtually or in person to your business, your school, or your event, visit lumangelo.com. And as always, my friend, and you, are my friend. Whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. It's so incredibly helpful. So let others know about it by tweeting out a link to this or your favorite show. Share it on Facebook or Pinterest or Instagram. And if you can, take just a couple of seconds to rate and review the show over an Apple podcast. Thanks to you, we have more than 2,500 five-star reviews. It's very, very helpful as well. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Nicole Jatsky, who says, it's the best Disney podcast out there whose enthusiasm, excitement, and overall positive attitude are infectious, and he can't help but be in an amazing mood while listening. Yay! If I'm ever having a bad day, all I have to do is listen to an episode of the WW Radio Show, and my mood instantly improves. Lose knowledge and love of Disney is second to none, and I'm forever grateful for finding this podcast. Thank you, Lou, for all you do. And Ross E E E E E says it's the best of the best of the best. I've been loving and recommending this podcast for years. Lou's constantly entertaining show is exceptionally well done. He's an excellent host and interviewer. Thank you. And he set the standard by which other podcasts and podcasters are to be judged. I don't know about that, but thank you. We're big Disney and Lou fans, and the show delivers every week. Thank you, Lou and company. Thank you, Ross. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you to you if you have left a rating review. And again, just search for WW Radio in Apple Podcasts and leave a review there. Finally, most importantly, again, not just in the spirit of, of Thanksgiving, but in the spirit of being thankful all the time. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you spending and sharing your time with me. I hope that this show 
does do just that. I hope it makes your day happier. I hope maybe it even inspires you to be better or maybe even do something that you haven't done before. And if I can help you, please let me know. And I know things are still difficult and crazy and scary and all those other things, but I hope that you do go out there and choose the good and look for and find the good in everything that you do. And more importantly, be the good, be an example and let that positive ripple effect impact other people as well. I love you. I appreciate you so, so very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart today and every day. And I hope that this is your best week ever. So until next time, see ya. Good morning, WDW Radio family. It's Elizabeth from Massachusetts. I am realizing I have not called in in a few weeks, which makes me very sad because I realize time is really going by that quickly right now. Um, Yeah, being back at school and work and such is really making everything um, kind of fly by. But just listened um, recently this week to a bunch of different episodes. the Quiet Places one, so funny, Lou, because exactly when I saw that title and then started listening, word for word, the quiet spot in Animal Kingdom that you talked about, kind of like along the water, great view of the tree, just a few tables across from that one little um, quick service stop is what my absolute favorite quiet spot in all of the parks. It's quaint. It lets your mind reset. There's usually not even anyone there, even pre-COVID time. So everyone needs to go check it out. Um, and then the Epcot music is awesome. I'm so excited to listen to part two. And, yeah, it's a great discussion. Love hearing from you guys and all your thoughts. Hope everyone's doing well. Um, we are so close to Thanksgiving. Um, and I will talk to you all later. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's Cody Havard outside of Memphis, Tennessee, and I just got finished listening to the episode part two of the music of Epcot, and right off the bat, um, you started with the Imagination Pavilion and brought back a lot of emotions, a lot of happy tears to the eyes. Um, That attraction, that character figment has meant so much to me throughout my life. Um, early on, up until now, kind of shaping a lot of things that I've done. Um, so thank you for that. And I remember one time seeing Kitchen Cabaret. I never saw the kind of overlay that they did with the, the popular culture songs, um, but listening to it on the podcast, they, they sound kind of they sound kind of interesting and catchy. So uh, maybe I need to try to find an old video of that. Um, but just wanted to call and say thank you very much for the episode, for um, the music. And Epcot is always a part that when I'm walking around, I kind of have a moment where I think to myself, this is such an underrated part to me. Um, it's, it's so much fun to be there. So, again, thanks. Thanks, everybody on the show um, for your your thoughts on it, and thanks for putting good into the world. Bye. Hey, Lou. Brian from St. Augustine. Just got done listening to uh, 608 Quiet Places at Disney. Um, 
while I was rucking on my lunch break. Um, at the end there, you were talking about some of the resorts. Well, military guys, we like, uh, anytime I ever go down to Disney with our annual pass, we, uh, stay at Shades, Shades of Green. Was there before deployment, super quiet? Was there after deployment? Many times, even down there during like the marathon weekend, staying there. Well, if you go there in the middle of the, um, of the outside of the hotel, there is a, uh, um, a little, like a fountain kind of, like a little fountain kind of pond thing that has like a dock on it. It's super quiet over there because it's like you go there around the golden hour or like uh, super early in the morning. It's super quiet and very peaceful because no matter what the, uh, no matter what our rank or what branch of military we're in, we're all there for one reason for a little R and R and just kind of just kicking back and not have to to worry about all the hustle and bustle of military life and just being there with family. But sometimes as military guys get to just go there and sit and be quiet and just uh and just not have to worry about you know, all all of the world and we get to be in that Disney bubble. So uh love what you guys do. Good job you and Tim. Appreciate it. You guys have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend and uh love you.